Welcome to another episode of It Came From New Jersey podcast. This is the show where we talk um, about a different album from the great state of New Jersey each week. If you're new, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Pete, and I'm here with your other host, Bob. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Pete, guess what? We have a, a guest joining us today for this very special episode. Oh, yeah? I wanna, yeah, I want to welcome in uh, your friend and mine, Dave Ackerman. What's up, Dave? How's it going, everybody? Hi, Dave. Hello. So, Welcome so to the Dave, show. Um, other than being our friend and uh, contractually being obligated to come on podcasts that I do, um, do you want to give – you also are someone from New Jersey. Do you want to talk about your New Jersey history? Sure. Uh, I was born in Denville, New Jersey, which is the hub of Morris County. Um, and I lived in New Jersey for the first 29 years of my life. Um, mostly do, in do you think Morris it really County? is the do you think it really is the hub of Morris County? I mean, that's what the like the town like the tagline of Denville is. The hub of Morris County. Yeah, I huh. didn't make that up. That that's that's bra- <laughs> that's branding. Um, yeah, I lived in Denville, Rockaway, Bloomfield, Ocean, and Titten Falls. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. So, yeah. uh, welcome to the show. Um, you've known Pete and I for over 20 years. So congratulations on that being the 20 year club. Um, (laughs) that seems to be a a recurring theme with some of our guests, Pete. Maybe we need to get some new friends. I know. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But, um, if we get new people on the podcast, then every, all the listeners should know that we've made new friends, I guess. Yeah. If there's new people on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, let's do it up front because we usually do it at the end. Uh, to our new friends who are listening, you can email us at uh, it came from njpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media at it came from njpod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, right? Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so, yo, guys, we're talking about a, a cool record and a cool band today. Uh, Pete, why don't you uh, set it off? Yeah, so this week we're talking about Overkill. Um, we're talking about their second album, Taking Over. Um, so this one, it had been on our kind of to-do list from early on because, you know, from episode one, we heard from a lot of people that wanted us to talk about Overkill. Um, and I think we landed on this one actually through a Twitter poll. So... You oh, guys nice. voted for it. This is uh, this is what you end up getting. So um, it's going to be exciting. I think we've we haven't. How much metal have we covered? We haven't covered too much. We've covered Dillinger Escape Plan at this point, and I think yeah. that's really the yeah, only yeah. like so much. Yeah. Close. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that one. No offense, Monster Magnet. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure they're not. They're not like thinking about them being like heavy metal. So I'm sure they're fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Different different categories. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll start it off the way that we start all of them off. We can just kind of go around and uh, you know, our talk personal about, experience with yeah, it. If we have any experience with it or whatever. So Dave, since you're the special guest, you want to kick it off? Uh, all right. Um, so I had this tape as a kid. I, I, to be completely honest, I'm not sure that I had this tape or just borrowed it and it like left an impression on me. So like when I revisited this record when I was in my twenties at the the print shop that Bob and I worked at, I knew like immediately like putting it on again, like I remembered like probably half the songs. Um, but Overkill was like the New Jersey thrash metal band. Like you had Overkill and then you had uh, Nuclear Assault, which were, yep. I mean, are they like New Jersey or are they New York? But they like, I, I glommed them together. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the tri-state area metal bands, the other one being Anthrax, but Overkill was really like the New Jersey thrash metal band. Um, yeah, I I have heard Overkill before. Uh, so so this is kind of like one of those secrets of of music is that and life really. Um, so get ready for the life lesson here, oh, folks. <laughs> There's a couple kinds of screen printing shops. Uh, screaming shops where all the people who work there are um, like weird music folks. Uh, then screen printing shops that are people who are essentially um, off the books completely and um, 
yeah, you you know, there might be translation involved and that's not a dismissal. That's actually, they probably are uh, the harder working, more successful screen printing shops, uh, just to be very frank. Um, but, but Dave and I worked at one of the um, music weirdo screen printing shops. Correct. And correct. so, <laughs> um, so we uh, <clears throat> listened to lots of music all the time in a really heavy way. So I remember hearing Overkill, but I didn't remember it specifically. And my personal experience with it was super limited. And, uh, and I kind of know why now after diving into this record a lot. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, other than kind of being like, oh, this is, this is that band. And I vaguely knew they were from New Jersey. Um, I knew they were on Megaforce, and so uh, that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure, well, one, the screen, screen printing shop we worked at, the owner of said shop did not go to the record release for this album because he was at BMX camp. Um, oh, right. That's right. <laughs> and also, there was another Overkill-related story of like Hornacker and someone else like playing yeah black flag in a garage and a guy commenting like, Hey, that's black flag. And then responding, Hey, you're an overkill. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the singer lives in like old bridge or like some yeah. other, like I should have looked that up, but he's from somewhere in the, the greater. I'm pretty sure they're area, from old bridge. Yeah. So, so yeah, me and Dave worked at a, a central Jersey screen printing shop. Everybody should use TDT screen printing. Uh, shout out to our buddy, Jeff TDT. Um, a friend and mentor and somebody who likes metal more than uh, anyone should, but also more than almost anyone I know yeah. um, and is very knowledgeable. So we have to get him on at some point. Um, but yo, so otherwise I, I didn't not super familiar with this personally. And this is the first time I sat with this with a headphones. Listen, what about you, I, Pete? Yeah. So for me, this one was actually a lot of fun because I had, basically no familiarity with them at all. Um, they were like a brand name to me, you know, like I saw the patches, I saw the shirts. Sure. I was familiar with the cover art, you know, like they're one of those bands that, and it, like, I, you know, I feel like I'm pretty familiar with a lot of bands that are kind of of the same ilk, but I mm. just never really took the time to listen I mean, to them. Overkill is another reason. funny one because they're, they just kept putting records out. Yeah. Like I don't yeah, want to count, like but they have records. like yeah, they have like yeah, they've they've been a very active band, um, you know, for better or for worse, the entire time. Yeah, which is cool, you know. Yeah. Respect. No, um, I agree. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I I guess I had an idea of what it would sound like, and it more or less met those expectations. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll like get into that at this point. No, you know what? And it's funny because there's two versions. This um, one, what you said about the logo and the album covers, so dead on. Yeah. Um, super familiar with that, you know, just because it was. And two, later on, um, not later on, but probably concurrent with this, I was pretty familiar with the Overkill who was on SST Records from LA, mm. um, who I wanted to like so much. Because they were kind of like a punk, like sort of like that L.A. thrash speed metal vibe. And I just never got into them. Yeah. Wait, the Overkill L.A.? Yeah. The 7 Inch is great, but the LP is 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 not. Right. And that's the thing. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I've heard – they were on Blasting Concepts or something. One of the Blasting Concepts. Mm-hmm. And I think I liked the song. And then the LP, I was like, oh, this yeah, the, sucks. The LP is like really motorheady, is like the most, it's got a couple tracks. Like, I don't think it's trash. Um, yeah. The seven inch is like four songs and it's awesome. But is it more it, punk? Oh, yeah. The seven inch is like, like, might as well have been on like Mother. Like, it's, it's like, mm. a, like snotty punk hardcore. Like, okay. Hell is getting hotter, burn the schools. Uh, I don't know. I, we'll I revisit. Can't, I, I can't name all the songs, but like it's <laughs> it's it's very good. Like look into it. So let's let's dive into Overkill, New Jersey. Um, so that was kind of what is, um, just on a, a face value. Yeah, the amount of material this band released is crazy. And doing our homework, finding that they had started in like 1980, mm-hmm. kind of surprised me as well. Um, I mean, I knew I knew that they were around by like the mid '80s, but I didn't know anything about them uh, prior. They, I think they 
a little, or maybe not as like 80, because the 80, I think he was still in the Lubricants, is okay, what the, yeah, the yeah. drummer was, his like punk band. Okay. Who, all, who like to go to New Jersey really sound like a mother band. Like okay. they have a so song. Mother Records with, famous punk label from the Jersey Shore. Yes. Like they're from New Providence, New Jersey. And like oh, there's yeah. a song, like they have a song that's essentially Mucho Macho, like another like song <laughs> that like calls out trans ams <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's, it's the lubricants uh, who really didn't go anywhere. Good thing they started anthro- or, uh, Overkill. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, they go on. This is their second album. Um, it seems like they had gotten a little bit of notoriety. Um, one of the things that really kind of took me back was going, oh, <clears throat> this is a band who did had a support slot for Slayer on the Rain and Blood tour. I'm like, that seems pretty good. <laughs> it seems like they got a lot of good opening slots. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they, uh, I mean, they were just like the New Jersey like the East coast bands and because of like Megaforce, like you're going to just get those slots and they did the same thing. Like they took a lot of cues from twisted sister and just really like went whole hog into like branding and like being a live experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just throw the, like pull the curtain back. Have either of you watched the, the documentary on the drummer rat skates it's no. called B- born in the basement. I didn't know there was one, but I'll I'll definitely watch it. Yo, what, so this, story? Th- this is going to be like where all my notes, and you're going to think, man, David really knows his shit. <laughs> um, it's this documentary. Um, yeah. The drummer of uh, Overkill, Rat Skates, uh, who's all that's the dude who was in the Lubricants, and that's the dude who right. who did all of their like branding and like really made Overkill what they were, and then quit when he realized that it was going to be like two months on the road, home for a day, two months on the road, you know, home for a day. Like he couldn't deal with that grind. So once, once after this album, he quit, but he's the guy that like made their demo tapes, like made their logos, like made their backdrops, like did all that stuff. Um, But they, they talk about like that documentary is the nerdiest thing. Cause it's just like him talking about like making drum risers and making stickers and like taking promo (laughs) photos and stuff. Right. Um, that sounds great. So, yeah, I mean, they were essentially doing the same thing as Slayer, but it was 1983. So, like, you, the two things shall never meet. And then you see that in, like, 1983, they were taking nearly identical promo photos, just unbeknownst to each other. Wow. Huh. Yeah. yeah. That's really wild. That's really wild. So, I mean, so they, they get going. And, I mean... Dave, you mentioned owning this cassette young or mm-hmm. owning some what yeah, like tape. being a young dude in New Jersey. Tell me like, like was this a band who was like, Oh yeah, you know, you have to get into them like Slayer, Metallica, Me- you know, Megadeth, uh, overkill. It's like the next tier down. Yeah, they were definitely the next tier down, but you, I mean, you were going to get into overkill. You're going to get into Testament. You know, I mean, I was into real into Exodus. Um, and yep. like I would say those bands are all the tier below, your Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth. Right. Um, yeah. So, and be, and like, honestly, I, I'd be sorry. I really didn't get that into nuclear assault, but, um, I, di- I did, I don't know if it was just like the singing, but like I enjoyed Anthrax and Overkill because they were like, they had, they were like the East coast bands had like more operatic vocals that, which mm. is a little different than what the West coast stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, um, I mean, you, you knew they were, New Jersey. So you had, you know, there was a little bit of like local pride with that. Have you seen Overkill, Dave? You know, I never did. And this is going to be a little, another tip for listeners out there. When we give shows happen again. Um, I just always took it for granted because they played so often my whole life that it was one of those things. There's like, whatever, I don't $25 care about this. Um, And then you like move away and then you're like, I, you know, I never saw Overkill and I, I probably should have. I thought about, they, I mean, they play San Antonio because I, I live in Austin. Uh, they play San Antonio like every two years and every two years I like put Think it on my it. calendar and then it's like, ah, do I want to go to a $30 show on like a work night that's yep. an hour and a half away? And it's like, eh. and they have so much <laughs> material that right. it might be like not worth it. But I, 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 
I will pledge that I will go next time they play Austin <laughs> or San Antonio. Yeah, you're now you're now on the hook here. So I'll, I'll do it. Uh, so um, let's let's talk about this, Dave. When what is your level of familiarity with this now? Like me and Pete basically going in cleaners prior to the listens for this episode. Is this a record you just know front to back? Uh, I know pretty well. I listen to Feel the Fire a little bit more. Okay. Um, I think if you took the good songs on those two records, you'd have like a real banger of a record because they both okay. have some stuff you'd you'd cut. Oh, um, oh, we're gonna get there. <laughs> did you listen to the first? Did you listen to Feel the Fire? I did. No, you know, no. I, I actually listened to a couple songs, and and I I thought it was good. I, I thought it was good. Did you get to the Dead Boys cover? No, I didn't. It, they close with Sonic Reducer. That's really funny. It's so that's really one of funny. the notable things that I think should get mentioned. And I think it does when people talk about this band is that, um, you know, they took and, and kind of very prominently have a punk influence. Yeah. I mean, sound. Rat, Rat Skates was friends with Jerry only and like was like did overkill in the same like mindset as the Misfits with like the Fiend Club. He wanted to have like stuff that you mailed out, making stickers, making shirts. And like he, like was he met Jerry only because they both had like weird like blue collar guy jobs, and they just like he had to like go to the factory that Jerry only worked at. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they became friends in like eighty, and and Overkill really worked their like took that the DIY ethic of the Misfits as a big cue to what they did. I feel yeah, like I the mean, early aesthetic is actually like really punk. Aside from like the logo itself has like definitely a metal feel, but. The like the imagery is is kind of punk to me. I don't know. And the and the original version also had like a cross between over and kill because oh, of yeah. like a, a like an homage to like Dogtown almost. Yeah, because uh, he was like a seventies like I saw this that he was like a semi pro skater. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Um. Okay. So I mean, let me let's. I guess we should talk a little bit of our uh, if we had any preconceived notions or impressions going in prior and then just, you know, our, our first impressions of the music, because to me, I was like, okay, uh, you know, doing the homework prior and this, they're like, it's a thrash metal band. And I knew that I was like, okay, this album, it's so recognizable. You know, the, the neon green kind of overkill logo. It's like, I've seen this a bajillion times. I kind of love the cover art. I love that picture though. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's great. It, but it also is like, okay, this is not Slayer though. Right. Like this doesn't feel like something Slayer would do, which is a note like, okay, this is something a lot of metal bands would do. But not not Slayer, not Metallica, not even Megadeth. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm like, okay, is it going to be silly? I don't think this record's silly at all. Um, no, I, I don't. I, it's, it's, I don't think it's a hokey record. And that's no, 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 that's no, a not problem hokey. with thrash metal um, that you get silly. Um, yeah, and like I, I think they kind of got like, I think they get a little sillier. I mean the next the next single on the re- the record after this is Hello from the Gutter and it's like it's kind of a stupid song. <laughs> I mean so and that's like I remember that video being like on TV and I remember right. just not being like well, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have so many fucking records. Um so but but I, I I was like okay this is thrash metal but but I'm not getting that look on the record cover. So it was dispelled a bit but um but on a music level, when it comes into to when I actually sat with this record, I uh, I felt sort of different. So I want to get into that. But before I do, Pete, what were your impressions going in? So I thought it was going to be faster. I think um, you know I I saw that they opened for Slayer on the Rain and Blood tour and all that yep. stuff, and I was like, again, like I don't know. I guess I thought it was going to be more like Slayer and less like the kind of new wave of British heavy metal bands. Like I heard a lot of Iron Maiden, Judas Priest influence in this. Yes. Um, Which, you know, I guess that was, that was all happening a few years earlier. So like, but I didn't expect it to be so much of that because I mean, there's certain elements of it that are definitely thrashy. um, But Mm -hmm. really like, I don't know, the Maiden influence sticks out to me more than anything. 
you know yeah. so oh yeah um in that way i liked it i didn't i didn't expect the uh the the vocals to be as operatic as they were i guess i just you know again i hadn't Same. even really heard them so yeah, yeah that was I, uh, that was i would say interesting. i had no expectation that the vocals would be that operatic and i was like this is where i get to to kind of put my confession out there when it comes to iron maiden my least favorite part is the vocals when it comes to Judas Priest, when I actually listen, I'm like, oh, Rob Halford's not too operatic. But any parts where he gets there, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but when he's kind of he got a little more grit in there, I'm all right. And yeah. I was shocked to put Overkill vocally in that same bucket. Um, because the music, the music I was impressed with, because Pete, you're dead right. I thought this record would be faster but then I saw the song lengths. <clears throat> so uh, a, a behind the curtain moment here, Dave, one of the things that Pete and I do mm-hmm. sort of in an unspoken way, and it's not necessarily back and forth. It just depends. The day before or the day of recording, we usually send each other a message saying, hey, here's a few things to think about. Okay. And so one of them today was, <clears throat> I actually have to pull it up because I like, I like the way I phrased it today, Pete, but mm-hmm. I, I don't remember it. Um, with regards to this, with regards to taking over, is this a, a two worlds record? Meaning, is this either a more traditional heavy metal record with thrash elements, or is it thrash metal with traditional heavy metal leanings? Um, and I kind of think it is because I, I don't think this ever touches the speed that Slayer gets to or or Metallica. Maybe it gets into Megadeth territory, but um, you know, it, but it's certainly got fast parts, but it just doesn't blaze like certain thrash metal does. Yeah. So what I, I mean, they don't explain, they don't like go into this, and I'm just going to talk out of turn on thoughts. Um, I mean, they started super early, so they started with the same influences that like Metallica and Megadeth, you know, like had as far as like the new ever British heavy metal stuff. Like really, like they loved it. Yeah, and I bet that some of the speed stuff was kind of forced upon them because this record came after uh, Rain and Blood. It came after like Killing Kill is My all. Business. Yeah. It came, you know, it came after Peace Cells, like ma- after Master of Puppets. So it's like I think they kind of you you wouldn't be able to put out like Iron Maiden Killers at, without people just thinking it was like too soft. So I, I think they probably had to keep up with the Joneses a little bit, just and that's. But I mean, I, I they get way more like, you know, like textbook thrash metal after this record. But mm-hmm. I think the the first two records, you're still coming from like that classic heavy metal influence. Yeah, that that was my big thing was that <clears throat> I actually <clears throat> I thought about this record a lot, listening to it and listening to some of the tracks and thinking like the vocals really put it in that place, you know, like put it in a more traditional heavy metal as opposed to strictly thrash metal. Um, But I can see it sitting in both worlds. And I wonder how that impacted them um, in a one uh, at the time, like did it either help or hinder their ability to be bigger and two in a more long-term sense, like, you don't hear anyone putting overkill taking over as this like low key, like, Hey, this is a record like, Oh, you like rain and blood. You have to hear this band who opened for them on that tour. Like there's deep cut people who I'm sure are going to be like, no, yeah, you have to. And I agree. Like I listen to this record and musically I'm like, Holy shit, this is really good. The song power surge is fucking great. Like there's, there's parts of deny the cross fatal swallowed. Like there's parts of these songs. I'm like, holy shit like uh someone trying to do thrash metal in 2020 should go back and take liberally from this record because they could get away with it yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. but you don't hear this record like even mentioned in the same breath with some of those heavy heavy hitters and i wonder if part of that is because they lived in both worlds you know they have this more traditional heavy metal and and that that style like by 87 vocally 
you know, I wonder if people were gravitating towards the more raw, like just aggressive throaty vocals, yeah. like what you were catching with Slayer, what you were catching from the rest of the stuff. Cause like even Metallica is, seems like a barking dog compared to this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But yeah. like, just to give you an idea, like as far as like you hear no one ever rep this to give you an idea, this, this record did hit the billboard charts. For so sure. it hit 191 on the billboard charts. What did Rain and Blood hit? No idea. I don't know. Pete, it hit, it hit 94. Right. <laughs> so like it, it went like even something like Slayer, which to like, to us is like a household name, but to like, the average right, like the time. mom and pop, it's it's not. It was still like a hundred records ahead of it on the on the Billboard charts. Well, right. and that's kind of that's why I made that a twofold question, right? And and like Pete, and and I mean I think we're just opining here, but with the trajectory of metal, you know, <clears throat> metal from the early '80s starts moving from the more traditional heavy metal stuff, new wave of British heavy metal in the late '70s into the early '80s, the very early. Um, then you move into thrash metal and then you move kind of after thrash metal, it kind of just bubbles and like explodes. And then you're left in the early nineties with like death metal. Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Everyone just wants to get more and more extreme. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I wonder two sides. And, and I mean, I'd like you both to, to hear your opinions were the more operatic vocals helpful because it made it more accessible to the long-term heavy metal fan or did it hurt them because the new, the people who were coming to Slayer looking for that level of super raw or metal in general, to be honest, but who were looking for rain and blood was the operatic vocals like, meh, this feels, you know, not as aggressive as I'd like it to be. I mean, I don't know why Overkill didn't like really cross the line. I, I'm going to put my phone away, but like I looked up the Billboard charts on Among the Living, the Anthrax record. Yeah, and and that hit 62, and that has like more operatic vocals, I would say, than Overkill. And I'm I'm it's right there. You're right. You're right. That 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 charted so high. Um, I I mean, I wonder how much. I mean, once again, I just watched the dude's documentary, so I'm sure it's very slanted. But I wonder how much them losing their like founding member at, after this record came out hurt their trajectory. Now I want to ask this and Pete, here's the comment too. Cause, and I didn't dive as much as I would like to in the, the later do, uh, discography founding member was the drummer. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And you said, Dave, that after this, they go more typical thrash metal. Like, yeah, they speed think, it up a bit. Yeah. And it's I like wonder more produced if that's and everything. Mm, I wonder, yeah, you wonder about what decisions would have been made had the founding member, who also happened to be the drummer, leaves because he might have had a vision for the band that wasn't in line with like, hey, let's uh, let's go this way, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I don't know how much he like, I really don't know how much he was writing. You right. know, I know he did like all the behind the scenes stuff, but I, I don't know. Like I, I, I thought I meant to look it up and just forgot to see if he was like writing music at all. Okay. So here, let's yeah. do a quick, quick, cause this is a fun game that we do on uh, my other podcast acts grind for the hardcore and punk fans out there. Um, what is the most popular, the most popular overkill song according to Spotify is elimination. How many listens, how many streams do you think it has? Oh, I oh, geez. just guess random. A couple million, maybe like two million okay. and change. Okay. Dave? Uh, I'll go, I'll just go slightly lower than Pete just to do that. Prices lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Elimination um, was a big song. Yeah, I, Elimination I, I is 6.5 million. Oh, wow. um, and how many would you guess Raining Blood uh, has? <laughs> uh, if that has 6.5, yeah. then I'll go 13. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll go, I'll go over, I guess. I'll go 15. 13 okay. and 1. Yeah. Um, 93,424. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's sort of hard. And the most popular song off of this record taking over, Wrecking Crew, which is a good song, um, that has uh, 855,000. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
So, I mean, so which makes sense, you know, like, like here we are, we're talking about overkill, we're, we're doing it and it's, <clears throat> I don't want to compare them to Slayer. It's just an easy one because they were on that rain and blood tour and it's like, Oh shit, you know? Um, and like, to me, it's, it's, it's an easy thing to do, but, but this record is not Slayer. It's not Metallica. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me like Anthrax or, or, and I'm not as familiar with Nuclear Assault, but my memory of Nuclear Assault is that Overkill and Nuclear Assault aren't like, you know, uh, 1A, 1B. They're, they're different. And I was yeah, actually, yeah. I was really impressed with a lot of this record because I said it exists in both worlds. And I actually feel like they pull off a lot of it. Like, um, I, I've often thought about, this is a weird thing to say, I've often thought about what the traditional heavy metal fan who, you know, maybe they love Motorhead, maybe they loved uh, all the new British heavy metal stuff, what they thought when the big four came in and basically cleared house. I'm sure there were plenty of people who jumped on board. I mean... But, but yeah, did I mean, did they get everyone? I don't think so. And do I think that everyone would have been like, "Oh, cool! I'm going to get into hair metal now"? I don't think so either. I mean, yeah. that was just like the two divisions that you did. Because I mean, I mean, at this point, like '87, what's that? Slippery one, wet Bon Jovi. Yes, that, that's '87, yeah. right? G and R. I don't yeah. know what Guns and Roses that, that came out, but that was '87. Yeah. So like, heavy metal was doing just fine on the like the hair metal thing hadn't even like really like blown up like look what the cat dragged in i think is 86 i'm um, like and like you know the the two previous bon jovi records are out yeah you're getting uh, some of the la like scum metal glam metal like motley Crue and obviously guns and roses yeah motley Crue's has two lps well, out yeah they're point. yeah right so so i three, think that three lps sorry i think yeah. that the, there's probably people who you know they start splitting there you know by 1984 you might like all of it. And like, I wouldn't be surprised, like shout at the devil too fast for love. Like you could like those records and still be all in on the thrash metal thing, but you might also be like, shit, where did the metal that I, I like go? And some of the stuff like guns and roses might be a bridge too far for you. And yeah. if guns and roses is a bridge too far. You're like Bon Jovi. No, thanks. Well, bon Jovi. I, I don't think you were getting a lot of like, similar listens but like no things like wasp i'm almost positive toured with slayer so like yeah. you had stuff that was like i mean wasp isn't hair metal but it's not like thrash it's not metal. not <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> you know but it's 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 you know it's it's not i don't know it's just not like in the same league as like poison and then no, all it's the, not. like it's the not. third tier intimidators you know no or it's it's, in, it's imi- imitators not intimidators um yeah i mean I think you, you as a metal fan could, you could either, I mean, I I think, well, Van Halen was already kind of going a different direction, but like you, you could stick with your more like radio, not as like, you know, kill your mother, kill your father, heavy metal and still be just fine without being like fully into like Bon Jovi pop metal territory. I think so. But I think that that's where I would say a band like Overkill might be a, uh, a band who could bridge the gap. Like I could see, as Pete said, like I think if somebody liked Iron Maiden or was real down for Judas Priest and all that kind of stuff, uh, Overkill's not like. And I wonder about it because of some of the imagery. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like it could cater to both sides of it, you know. Like, like okay, you could be into Slayer and really fuck with the Overkill records, but you could also like Iron Maiden and some of the more uh, theatric vibe of it wouldn't be too much i mean overkill the fuck you ep this is just like uh you know like could this have been a single cut cover from the uh judas priest record you know like like you look at it it might as well be a play on that judas priest record what's the uh um, Uh, oh british steel yes british steel you know what i mean like it looks like it, you know, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, same, same aesthetic. Yeah. Same, same lighting on a black, uh, background. So, so I wonder if they were attempting to do something that wasn't, wasn't necessarily like, Hey, we're going to be a thrash metal band, just like all these guys. But we're also, we we're pulling from, we're pulling from a similar bucket, but we're doing something a little more, a little more close to the root, you know? Yeah. 
Being I mean, I feel like there were a lot of lanes to go in and metal at that point. Like, like Dave mentioned a few of the records that came out that year, but like, I'm looking now it's like Halloween oh. keeper of the seven keys, part one, oh, King right. Diamond, oh, yeah. Abigail. Like there's all these records that like in and of themselves were kind of the seeds for like different subgenres of metal, you know, did you, <laughs> look, did you look at the track listing for the fuck you EP, by the way? Yeah, it's uh, the first song's a punk song. Isn't it's a it? subhumans Canadian subhumans right. cover. It's like, That's right. yeah, like it's like super weird. And then live tracks, but and live uh, tracks, yeah. And if you were, so I'm 41, and if you were growing up in North Jersey when I was growing up in North Jersey, the fuck you like artwork was everywhere. As far as like it being like the the dirt bag like back patch or t shirt, like the overkill fuck you shirt was was like a very popular graphic and like they really knocked it out of the park like that's what dirtbag metalheads want is like a shirt that says we don't care fuck you that t-shirt is incredible like just (laughs) incredible um so uh, so uh, i mean let me let me kind of go back to the the con the when i jumped in with this record Mm -hmm. i was so impressed with the um how they moved from parts to parts. And I thought the songs were all so well formulated. Even the songs that I was like, meh, lukewarm on. I thought they transitioned really well. I thought the record worked great. And they were able to kind of blend a more traditional heavy metal sound and a thrash metal sound. They never got blazing fast, but I think had they tried, all of a sudden this record would have sounded really awkward and it wouldn't have gelled as well. Um, now that yeah, said, I, that. I also think they show that these dudes are aware of punk music and speed. Like these dudes are are clearly aware of other types of stuff besides metal and kind of showcase that in the way the songs the the song structures are. So um I low key think that this is a band who set the table for a lot of the crossover of punk, metal, and stuff later. You know, because obviously crossover metal between punk and metal, crossover between punk and metal had already happened. But I think as you fast forward, this is a record people could have if they didn't pull from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see them kind of like thinking about different directions on this record where like the energy is there's really good energy on the record. But like sometimes it feels like they want to be going faster. Um, Mm -hmm. But then there's other songs like like in union we stand where it's like, you know, the, uh, the pseudo slower ballad. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. The ballad. Yeah. If we're talking about why overkill didn't make it, so to, well, I mean, not like they didn't make it. I'm sure they did great. Yeah. They've done. (laughs) um, But they're single. The only single on this record is in union. We stand. And I like anything, any other song, nothing like anything else. And it's, it's not like, like to be shitty. Like it's not going to be, it's not like, ballady enough that your like girlfriend's gonna be like oh i like that overkill band like it's 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 like it's you're not gonna it's not following the same like mindset of being like first single uh youth gone wild second single 18 in life like it should have had like wrecking crew single one in union we stand single two and i think it would have given them a much better trajectory yeah that said uh i heard this record as a kid and then didn't hear this record again until i was like 20 or whenever i started at cdt um anytime i drove through the union tolls on the parkway i thought about this song <laughs> <laughs> like my like you know any t- like my whole life i associate this union with this song <laughs> oh that's great so dave uh pete what was your experience with the lesson so yeah i mean i agree with dave in terms of the singles I, like in union we stand as a single it just it it I, it doesn't give any sense of what the actual album sounds like yo um, it's a it's a it's a cut track for me i'm not yeah keeping no, it me on too, the record. actually yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean i i, I want to keep it but i i as i said it would not have been my it's not in my top three on the record okay we'll, we'll get there we'll get there so yeah, spoiler yeah. spoiler alert everybody i know yeah gonna cut the whole record right? <laughs> <laughs> is that my new that's my new vibe on this yeah, yeah, uh, on this yeah. podcast the executioner yeah um no i mean i i actually would cut that song but um I think it should be like, I don't know. It could have been on a different record that had a different vibe. I don't know. I'm sure that they have a lot of, they have so many albums that I have to imagine, you know, a lot of them have kind of different sounds. Um, Maybe it could have fit better somewhere else. I don't know. But 
Um, overall, like it's solid. I listened to it a few times. There's like three or four tracks that really stand out to me. Um, a lot of it just kind of washes over me. Like it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I'll be going back to it all that often, but I actually, it makes me more interested to listen to some other overkill records to see if like what's there for me, you know? Like during quarantine, I listened to the most recent overkill record like a few <clears> months <throat> ago, just like f- for fun. It was mm-hmm. fine. You know, I didn't hate it. I, I mean, I've listened to the record after this and the record after that also uh, prior to us like talking about being on this podcast, just, just, just to see what they were like. Yeah. So, so I, I think, let me get into my second pillar question and Pete, I want to ask you and then Dave, I want you to follow up. Pete, why did this band think they couldn't write a song shorter than four minutes long? (laughs) Because they're punk kids. I think like, I feel like that's the simple answer. Like that's like, that's the, that's the punk influence (laughs) here is like, yeah, we know punk, this is punk, but metal songs, they gotta be four minutes. They gotta, they gotta be long, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think they wanted to keep it somewhat concise. They didn't want to go too long. I mean, what's the, the longest song on the record is what the last song I think. Yeah. Dude, and that song's the, way too long. It's long, way too long, but it's also like, you know, there's, there's a lot of kind of noise in there that I guess doesn't count true. maybe, but I mean, you know, here's my thought. I think I'd like this record significantly more. Uh, I mean, yo, I think I could cut, I, I will cut some tracks, but what I really want to do is say, Hey, you're not allowed to do more than four songs over five minutes or over four minutes. So what did I say? More than four songs. Over, so there's nine songs on this record. The other songs have to clock in between two and a half and three. because Or two and a half but, and three and a half minutes. Because I think there's very valuable parts on almost every one of these songs that I'm like, damn, this part's cool. But then it keeps going. And frequently there's many good parts on the song. And like I said, to be really complimentary, the transitions are great. They flow well. But I'm like, damn, this song, like, let me read the the, the track lengths real quick to, for the room. 443, 432, 524, 419, 645, 436, 426. Electroviolence comes in at 345. And the last song, Overkill 2, The Nightmare Continues, is 707. So the total album length is 4537. Yeah. Do, do you want? Do we want to go track by track, or do we want to just say what our our favorite song is, and that, or how do you want to do this? We'll do that. But D- Dave, before we get there, why do you did do you feel like these are long songs, or or do you feel like this is abnormal? Because you know, I'm not a dyed in the wool metal fan. I am. I come from a, a punk music background, but like, I don't feel like when I listen to the classic Slayer records or the classic Metallica records that the tracks. Uh, swim on me like they go for too long but here i did what do you think i i think i agree i think this i mean i don't know that i would cut a tremendous amount of length i think it's just like that's what heavy metal is i think power surge didn't need that reprise where it just like goes back into itself for no reason right like that that was to me very glaring and i think overkill 2 also just kind of like it just had too much like interlude and it's like if you take the meat of the song it's pretty good but it has too much like just other like stuff around yeah i didn't mind the intro it made me think of kind of like weird which was odd it made me think of you know really dark or like post punk uh or even like crust punk interlude style like an oh, amoebics in- yeah. intro yeah, like axe grinder or something yes yeah. exactly <laughs> but but i agree that song's too long so why don't we do what we do here um and and before that i want to say this the vocals if you threw a more aggressive vocalist on this somebody who was coming like had a snarling ripping vocal this record might like be in my regular rotation. Like so I, you, I, I really like some of these songs. Do you want like, like Venomy, like gruff vocals or do you want like maybe his like screeching voice, but not a singing voice? I might want, Hmm. When he gets screeching, it's better. 
Yeah, I don't I, want all the way Venom, but uh, I also wouldn't say no to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you had something really gnarly on this, some of these songs would just be vicious. I mean, Power Surge is a great example. Power Surge feels like a just like a ripping, like shredding song. And if you cut off the end, it almost it's it's punk adjacent. You know, it's it's really fast and it like it just or like even hardcore adjacent. It's it's just really yeah. good. Um, it's my number one on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it is mine too. Um, it is mine too. But uh, all right, let's let's do it track by track. Um, we are going to keep cut or meh. How about that? Sure. Oh. Deny the cross. Good opener. Keep it. Yeah. Same. Good opener. Keep it. Solid top three for me on the record. Really good song. Wrecking Crew. Great. Keep it. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. It's Keep really it. good. It's, that, Keep that, it. That's actually the song like of all of these that I think stuck in my head the most. Fear His Name. Cut it. Um, I actually like going back to the vocals. So I'm yeah. like an Iron Maiden super fan. Yeah. Um, but I really don't like the vocals on this all that much, which is funny, but because uh, like they are somewhat similar. Um, the vocal performance on this one I really like though. Um, oh, you're I keeping don't, fears I don't, I, don't, I don't love the song, but I li- I really like the vocals on it for some reason. Um, yeah. And there were some cool like breaks in it, but I, I guess I'll keep it. Yeah. Okay. But I, fear his name not, has one a couple of my favorites. You're right. Fear's name has a couple of breaks. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to cut it because I, I'm a little meh about it. Vocals, vocals there are where I started going. All right. Like I need someone who's ripping someone's head off here. Fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, use your head. Um, I, I, I'm going to go, I guess, meh. To, yeah. I wouldn't cut it, but I don't lo- like, I, I don't love it. Yeah. I think I'm going to cut it. I, I, I found myself liking it more on the third or fourth listen, but it I mean, didn't I, I enjoy- catch me like some of these top songs did. I mean, it does have the sluts rut rhyme, which is kind of cool. But <laughs> yeah, that's not really uh, not really <laughs> like. I don't know if that's on the the album promo material. Yeah, the yeah, li- yeah. lyrics are a little dicey on this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, good point. Yeah, the the lyrics are a little are decidedly not 2020. I don't want to cut it, but it's it's a you're giving tier. a me. okay. It's a bottom tier keeper for me. Okay, Pete. Yeah, I mean, Bob, I felt the same. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, "This song sucks." And then by the third time, I was like, "It's kind of cool." I don't know, you know. So it's okay, yeah. it did grow on me a little bit. I'll give it a. It, I, You're I giving him a meh. I'll give it a meh. Yeah. So far, I'm wearing the executioner hat here. Um, uh, Fatal if swallowed. I'm keeping this one. There's a despite the length. There's uh, maybe the best break part that I was like, "Oh, this really got me going," and uh, I think I will keep it solely on that. It's a little too long. I, I, I like it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a meh, but a keeper meh. Okay. Cut it. You're out. Nothing really. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I think that song has some charm. Yeah. yeah. Is this They're, the one with the drum break? Which song has like that that big drum break? I don't think it's this this one has a real think, decided like good stop go break that that I think despite it being about four minutes in, I really like. Yeah. Um Power Surge, best song on the record. Keep. Best song on the record. Doesn't need the reprise, but otherwise, great song. Yeah, great song. This is the song that I urge anyone who listens to any kind of aggressive guitar music, start start your listening with this one. And if you're in a band, please uh, take note because you could really grab some shit from this song. Um, in Union We Stand, the uh, faux ballad. Uh, I mean, I think it's... I, I, whatever, guys. I'm going to keep it. You know? <laughs> uh, cut it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna cut it. Um, it's, I, but I actually like the song. I just it, think it, it, I think it's the whole record off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll never go through the Union Tolls without thinking. No, of it, you it's know? like I, 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 it's it's so imprinted in me that even though it is not in my top songs, like I, I kind of need it there. Okay, okay, um, fair. It's it's a crummy song. Like if I if I heard it for the first time in 2020. I, I would hear you that I would not be listening to this song, but like, yeah. but be, because I, it, I, it's imprinted I'm, on you. Yeah. yeah, yeah you have history it. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Electro violence. Top three. Great track. 
I think it's great. Um, that guitar break, like that weird classical guitar break. Is, yes. Yes. We could, we could, super weird. We could get rid of that though. <laughs> uh, I'm keeping it. I th- it's if it's not top three, it's right there. It's it's right at the top. I also think oddly, it's positioning behind in Union We Stand feels like it really kicks back into gear. So uh, so electro violence keeper. And yeah, I mean, oh, I think it, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an important important song on the record. Yeah, Overkill Two, the nightmare continues. Uh, you could cut three minutes off of it and it'd be, but I would still want it to be on the record, but you should cut a few minutes off of it. Yeah. Yeah. I could lose a few minutes. I really like the song though. I mean, this one to me felt like this song more than any of them, I think sounded like a maiden song. Yeah. I think it had some of that epicness. Uh, keep it. It feels like the, uh, it feels important to the narrative of the record, but also I like it as a closer. Yes. You could keep, you could cut, you could cut, a significant amount of this song off and it still could be the longest song on the record, you know? Oh yeah. So, um, so I mean, so, I'm only cutting one. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I you, like you're a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, so Bob, how many, how many songs is your overkill? album? I think you? my overkill album is one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a six song record for me. Cool. Deny the cross wrecking crew. Fatal if swallowed, power surge, electroviolence, overkill two. <laughs> okay. Fear his name and use your head are okay, but not not great. And you knew we stand is fine, but it's not what I when I started listening to this record, by the the last listen, I'm like, this isn't what I'm coming for. And it didn't it didn't bring enough energy else in a different direction that I thought it could stand on its own. Whereas like I think if you put Power Surge, Electroviolence, Deny the Cross, Wrecking Crew, or Fatal of Swallow. Fatal of Swallow might be the most questionable of those. But I think if you put those kind of just like on a mixtape for someone, it would encourage them to be like, oh, what's this band about? You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and, and for albums, they use like Fatal of Swallow is the end of side B. So right. when you go to side two, you're Power Surge is the kick. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it just it goes right into it. So it's like, all right, that's what you want. Dave, yeah, real no. quick, when, when, I think just because you know this probably better than Bob or I, when people talk about Overkill, is this like the go-to record or is this kind of one of the top I mean, five records? I think it is, but it's it's either this or the record right after it, the one with Hello from the Gutter, because right, that right. was also pretty big. Yeah, but I mean, in my head, it's taking over. What was, I didn't, I missed your Twitter poll. What was what was the the choices? Um, it was this one or Years of Decay. Yeah, I mean I, that would be Years of Decay would be. I well, mean, just because I, I, I looked at all these like top, well, first of all, we had a lot of people write in and ask, ask for years of decay. But second of all, I looked, you know, at a lot of like best heavy metal lists, you know, best heavy metal album lists. Yeah. And they always mention years of decay over this album. They're, they're, they're wrong. Years of decay. I mean, a lot like, of the time those lists are. You know, I, I listened to years of decay and was much more pulled in by taking over. Yo, years of decay is like almost slow. Like yeah. you guys are bummed that taking over is not fast enough. Years of Decay is like questionably like like wait aren't this is this a thrash band? Um, Under the influence is better than Years of Decay. I honestly feel like Horror Scope's okay too. I should give it another listen, but but I, I I'm a big big listener of of Feel the Fire and Taking Over. Really like the two I go back and forth to. Okay. Okay, and a question for the room: Who is this record for in 2020? Which is to say, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast. And you're like, huh? And you're checking it out, maybe because uh, it's New Jersey. We cover a lot of different stuff. What bands would you say, like, hey, if you like these bands, you should check this record out? To me, if you're a fan of the band Power Trip, mm-hmm. uh, R.I.P. Riley, you should check out this record. I think musically, like, there's the example. If if you had Riley, uh, the late Riley Gale from the band Power Trip, if you had that dude sing on this record. Uh, this is constant rotation for me. Um, but I think musically you could see that like a band who comes kind of from a punk background, who's playing clearly like thrash metal musically, um, but their song structures are so good. I think you would be able to enjoy this record a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my initial, when you said, who's this record for, I was going to be like a 47 year old plumber, but um, <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, if you're into, 
like your 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 power trip or if, like you know even if you like like mind force if you if you're into the, like the more metallic like kind of like crossover hardcore that's going on right now mm-hmm. i think you could you could dig it if you're into the stuff like municipal waste you sh- you should already know what this is but yep. if you don't give it a spin Um, If you like, yeah, uh, yeah, if you like, I think if you are even a casual fan of the classic era Metallica, Megadeth, um, Slayer, Anthrax type stuff, this record's right there. Like you should, you should give it a a listen for sure. Like it might not be your favorite, but you might, you might really like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. If you like, if, if you just kind of dabble in like, you know, like, the big four, you know, Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and you want to go deeper, this is for you. But I feel like if you're, you know, an aspiring kind of metal head, you know, and want to go super deep, you'll, you'll get something out of it. You know, I mean, it's early punk, it's early metal. It's, I think you'll like it. If you're making like, just like a big Spotify playlist of like various heavy metal songs, if you put Deny the Cross, Wrecking Crew, Power Surge, Electroviolence into yeah. the mix, yeah. you, you wouldn't be mad at it. No, sure. not at all. Not at all. Um, so my final question, and we'll probably uh, call it, Overkill's not on the heavy metal. They're not on the metal Mount Rushmore, right? No. Are they in the Metal Hall of Fame? Uh, I would think so. You know what though? Here's I would think so, but then if you watch <clears throat> the uh, the murder in the front row, which is like the like the metal like one of the two thrash metal documentaries. Yeah, I don't think they're mentioned at all. Like, granted that that documentary is a little bit more California focused since it's it's based on Bay Area. Sure, but but Anthrax are in it, and like various other metal bands are in it, and I thought it was almost like like a glaring omission that Overkill wasn't in it. Huh. So that's that's kind of it's interesting because you're right. Like, yeah, you, Exodus, Testament, those bands are are mentioned, but but Overkill's left out, and it's sort of that's very interesting. So I think like Overkill gets they get Lifetime Achievement Award because they like kept doing records that people like. I mean, like they're I mean tri-state area people like them a lot. Right. I'm sure they do fine in Europe. Um, oh. But like beyond – so Exodus for me, just my own weirdness. Like I, I put the first Exodus record like super high up. Like I've said it's better than Kill 'Em All. Like I really, really like Bonded by Blood. Yes. Exodus post first album don't really have like tracks. Like they right. have like Toxic Walls, which is like – but like yeah, Overkill that's a, a song has way people more know, songs. Right. Yeah. More like songs that people know than than exodus beyond and even the first record i mean i don't think that like any of those songs are really like household names you know but mm-hmm. all right uh let's do this real quick game for you dave mm-hmm. um overkill or metallica metallica overkill or megadeth megadeth i mean <laughs> over i know i know we're gonna go quick overkill or slayer slayer overkill or anthrax Yo, honestly, I know it's tough because I wanted to say Overkill because I think they're cooler. They are like, cooler than Anthrax. But no spreading question. the disease and, and Among yeah. the Living are both pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like. Yeah. I mean, little kid Dave had an "I Am the Law" Anthrax back patch on his jacket. <laughs> like, like, so you're gonna say Anthrax? All right. All right. Overkill or Testament? Overkill. Okay. Overkill or Exodus? You're gonna go Exodus. Yo, I'm going to go Exodus based purely on Bonded by Blood. I would go any of those bands over post Bonded by Blood Exodus. They have one record that I love. Uh, I mean, then if you're going to get into like Nuclear Assault. Nuclear Assault, yeah. uh, Clearly Overkill, Forbidden, like any of that. Dark Angel, Whiplash, Dark Angel, Angel, Death Angel, any of those. I'm going to go Overkill. (laughs) Okay, so so there we go. They're right there. And it's, (laughs) I think they're getting Lifetime Achievement and they're, on the high end to you of the, the metal of this era. Oh yeah. All right. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yo, um, Dave, thank you for joining us today. And, and, uh, Oh, anytime. And if, and for the listeners, I also highly encourage you to get on YouTube and search Bobby Blitz laugh. Um, <laughs> because that's the singer of overkill and he's got like a ridiculous smoker laugh. And there's like, there's YouTube like compilations of just him laughing. Oh man! Uh, I rec- I recommend it. I'm gonna make that search right now. Yeah, it's it's worth it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thank you everyone thanks, for joining us. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you. Um, Pete, what we got for next week? Next week. Uh, I think we might keep it a secret, but, um, uh, let's keep it a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it a secret this time. Hey, guess what? It'll be a band from New Jersey. It will be. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> One. <laughs> this is fucking awesome.